0: Great Amaterasu, Light of the Universe, we come now to the hard part. There are things in everyone's life journey they do not wish to relive, but this one shall take a different approach, because, and you may well know this already, because being bright Amaterasu, your intuition is exceptionally good, I was actually there for this one. I was there for the next step in your tale. I was there when your husband came back shackled, accused of murder. I saw what happened next and I remained in the plains of heaven, my master's diplomat. Did you know, great Amaterasu, that great Inari was not always the kami you know? You are the master of the kami of heaven. They master of the kami of earth. Inari is he and she, but it was not always so. Inari has many forms, and each form is separate from the others, yet they are all part of the larger whole. Inari of the rice. Inari of the forge. Prosperous Inari. Fertile Inari, Master of Kitsune, for all foxes come from Inari, though not all foxes serve Inari. You recall Tamamonomae, that Chinese Huli Jing that came here after toppling two Chinese dynasties and bringing an Indian kingdom to ruin. How she plotted to destroy your descendants and very nearly did so. The foxes of the land of the rising sun have long suffered for her actions. I, as a fox, take her very seriously. It is good that a Buddha took her soul and reincarnated her. I would not have been so generous. But you and great Inari are magnanimous, as we shall soon see. Let us delve into the tale which I will explain, from my own perspective. Perhaps you recall it differently? Welcome to Goddessy, Season 3, Episode 3. Inhospitable Guest. Word preceded us to the pillars of heaven, and we crossed from the land below to the plains of heaven above. Under normal circumstances, Inari Okami would be in the middle procession, where their forms would either ride horses or in a palaquin. But such was Inari's rage that all five forms led the way, pulling Sukuyomi bound and gagged, his arrows and bow held behind him, all the way up the bridge into heaven. Word reached you long before this, I imagine. I wonder how you felt, Great Damaterasu. Did you suspect what your husband had done? Did you doubt it? Did you already distrust the Earth Kami? What did you know of them? What had your father told you, I wondered at the time? I knew what we Earth Kami thought of the Heavenly Kami. We knew them as high-minded, with little care of the details and nuances of the world below. Indeed, everything existed in absolutes. The eternal order, the flow and ebb of yin and yang, was already at work in the minds and spirits of the rising sun, even within you. Which were you in that moment? I leave it for you to decide. I remember the splendor of your hall, that nothing on earth, then or now, matched it. The palace was large, covering more area than it was tall, and oh, how it played with the natural order. How, in one branch, with the sprawling palace, summer reigned eternal, but in another, winter seemed to go on and on. How animals were created, animals that minds can scarcely imagine. I saw all these, and I heard of more, even before I reached the door. Despite our grim mission, I wanted to see more, I wanted to do more. It's not every day that a seven-tailed fox, as I was in those days, gets to visit heaven. But the grim mission marched onward, through the entry hall, through the visitor's garden, into the grand palace of the universe, where your throne sits. Back then, there was another beside it, a seat for a consort. But there is no such seat now, a meaningless symbol. They said that the thrones of faraway China and the lands beyond are massive, ornate things. Not yours, Amaterasu. A simple seat, an uncomfortable one one that strains the back of those who sit upon it, you alone sit upon it with grace, you alone of all beings could do so. A simple chair for the most exquisite of empresses. Inari came before you, O great Amaterasu, and they bowed. First, the woman in the plain white kimono, her fox tail cleverly disguised. Then the two men, One on the left, with a long black beard and red hands, smelling of smoke and cinders. The one on the right, in a fine set of merchant's robes, ahead of their time. Even now I do not recognize them, not the business suits of salarymen, but something more advanced. The two beings beyond them looked as women, but even a clever fox such as I would be a fool to try and guess. All five bowed. All five are Inari, in their truest form. But it was the woman at the front who spoke, the one who bore the quiet rage. When the last two had bowed, and the rest of the court, you spoke, looking at your husband. He did not bow, despite being on his knees. Sukuyomi, you return to our court in chains. I hope you have a good explanation for this. Now come, Inari, rise as an equal and speak to me. Your grace was present even then. Inari rose, one by one, until all five stood The court stood at ease, all of the Earth-Kami still on their knees. Inari reached for your hand, and you took hers, and I think you saw it then, the sorrow. How she wanted to be mad, but something in you set her at ease, like a calming sun in winter. Yet at this point winter did not exist. Is it true, great Inari, that my husband has deprived you of a wife? Inari, graceful as always, smiled. It is true, Bride Uke Ukemochi is dead. Her essence spread across the land. You bowed then, and so did the entire court of Heavenly Kami in remorse. I saw the faces of many of them. How many of them were confused by this? Be seated. I shall have tea brought as we discuss this. But before I hear your tale, I want the court to be in witness to all of this. Let no mind make judgment before all evidence is given and examined, and I have made my own judgment. Let your hearts be clear. Be pure from the horrors of prejudice and fear. We are one people, and the crimes here is one that belongs to all of us to feel and to judge. I will hear Inari's accusations, and then I will hear Zukuyomi's defense before I allow Inari to speak further. Is this clear to all present? A unique way to go about justice, I admit hardly ideal, but you alone could maintain it. That is why the laws of humanity are so different from the laws of heaven. They exist in a different paradigm and can at best imitate the ways of heaven. Heaven is always imitated, but never duplicated. No one spoke, so instead you continued. Inari, explain what Tsukuyomi has done in your simplest terms. The female Inari looked to her counterparts, each nodding to her. Tsukuyomi was a guest in my home with Ukemochi while I was away. She entertained him and he betrayed her trust as host and killed her, destroying her with his blade. Despite her words, the court broke out in murmurs, whispering going back and forth. For you must realize, Amaterasu, this was the first time when the world was young. Murder was new. Not even Izanagi had faced murder, just murderous intent from his dead wife and her demon spawn. Even I was surprised that you did not change your expression, did not show even the slightest distrust or disgust or surprise. You knew of course, we all knew, but Inari's saying it seemed to shock everyone. She was blunt. Your response was impenetrable. If it were a game, her ploy failed. But justice is not a game, not in heaven. Great Sukuyomi, nocturnal illumination. Is this true? Did you kill Ukemochi? goddess of good and sustenance? Sukuyomi had a dark look upon him, but was ever noble. He sat upon his knees in dark robes, but it was clear that he had not washed in days. His face was covered in the dirt of the earth, and he looked exhausted. There is nothing to deny, wife. I slew Ukemochi, but I did so for a perfectly good reason. You narrowed your eyes at this. Oh, and what justifies killing your host? Sukiyomi responded roughly. Breaking the rules of etiquette, betraying the trust of your guests? I was dishonored, all of us were, and so I acted. Amaterasu looked to Inari, whose face seemed calm, but even a fox can see rage just under the surface. Amaterasu nodded to her, and then looked back to her brother. Explain, husband. Sukiyomi stood, moving past Inari's forms. I arrived at the home of Inari and Ukemochi, only to discover great Inari had gone out to a human village in hopes of teaching them to farm. I was welcomed as a guest, as was the rest of my entourage and my servants, and so we took up residence. I was going to wait until Inari returned so we could discuss the orders of Izanagi, the father of us all, and Ukemochi promised to be a good hostess in the meantime. And so she was, amusing and interesting, full of song and life but she broached good humor more than once, speaking of her bodily functions in every way. Whether sex or mere waste removal, she spoke plainly about such things, and her dances were lewd. Many in my entourage laughed heartily, finding it amusing, but it was beneath us, beneath our station, to find such body behavior anything but disgusting. I did not speak up, not wanting to be a bad guest, but then Ukemochi took it too far. You were not looking at him and he did not look at you he was speaking to the court making his case to them to the court of public opinion a foolish thing to do they were not the judge here you were and you great amaterasu maintained eye contact with my master inari you looked at inari of the rice inari of the forge prosperous inari fertile inari and the master of foxes each wore a different expression inari of the forge was full of rage Prosperous Inari looked as though he wanted to leave the room, make a call, scream at an underling. Inari of the rice wept silently in rage. Fertile Inari was sad, but not much else. The master of foxes? She maintained her serenity. A mirror of a matarasu. Sukuyomi continued his tale. She asked us what we wanted to eat, and each of us gave our desired food in turn. From her nose she pulled bowls of rice. From her ears she pulled sashimi. Her mouth produced soup spit into our own bowls, a variety of them too. Her nipples produced fermented milk for us to drink, which Minnie did quickly, saying there was nothing in the universe to match it. And she did not stop there. From her, you held up a hand. That is enough, husband. I understand. From every orifice, she produced a feast. Is that where you are going? Specifically the orifices? Sukuyomi nodded. In cycles, she produced a new course from her head to toe. "'From her eyes, too, and her anus, and her... "'You rose your hand again, he understood. "'I could not stand it, the indignity of it all. "'How disgusting! "'To eat soup that had been vomited, "'to have to smell onigiri produced from her anus! "'I rose and drew my sword. "'I said to her, "'You dishonor us, forcing us to eat what comes out of your ass!' "'To this she laughed. "'I have other things you could eat, from other parts. "'Perhaps you would prefer the front to the back?' I could not stand it. I could not stand the laughing, so I took my sword and I split ukemochi in half. She never stopped smiling, as her top half fell and soon her bottom half did too. But she was not done producing food, oh no. From her blood, from her body, was born a herd of deer, heading off into the woods in all directions. Boars, chicken, fish, all came from her and headed out into the world. From her body, the wheats and rices and daikon and more grew, spreading out into the fields of the world. All food of the world, it seemed, came from her. The beasts of the land, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. They may have already existed, created by other kami, but she produced the edible ones in massive quantities. A parting gift, I suppose. Perhaps she felt guilty. So yes, I slew her. But did I not do the world a favor by doing so? murmurs continued. It was clear to me, in the crowd of Earth Kami, that some of the Heavenly Kami agreed, but among us Earth Kami, there was nothing but disgust at even humoring the thought. Yes, the pragmatic answer was, for the humans and the spirits they gave thanks to. It was a boon that Ukemochi had given her body and blood for the food of the world. But that did not mean we did not miss her, did not miss the brightness that she brought us. The Master of Foxes spoke. I came back the next day, for a messenger fox had been sent to my small village. I returned home as fast as I could, and I found the heaven, Kami. I arrested Sukeyomi immediately, and we have marched here for days to you, Great Amaterasu, so that you can see your husband and what he has done, and punish him accordingly. And then she and her four forms all bowed. We have brought him here for your judgment, for he is not of the earth, Kami. His ways are not our ways, and they never will be. Now this seemed to distress you, and the gasp in the hall indicated that all Heavenly Kami did not approve of this development. I think, given your look, your reasoning was different from theirs. They wanted dominion of the Earth Kami and expected subjugation. You? I think you wanted something more equitable, the ability to talk things through first. That was not going to happen, it soon became clear. I submit him to you, Great Amaterasu, so that you can punish him according to your will. You are the Empress of the Universe, O Great Sun Goddess. What is your desire? Sukiyomi stood there between the two goddesses and he smiled. I did what was necessary, wife. A bad host is unacceptable, particularly when she is so lewd to her guests. A bad host... You interrupted, snapping at last like a torrent. A bad host is not nearly so intolerable as a bad guest, who presumes they know how to tell their lord how to think or act. You have disgraced the whole of heaven with this behavior, Tsukuyomi. You, always so haughty and superior to those around you, even your fellow Kami of heaven recognized the humor in what she did. And though I do not personally find what she did laughable in the slightest, I have no issue with telling you what you did was worse than whatever she vomited or released from her bowels. You, Sukuyomi, are in the wrong, in a severe breach of trust between all Kami. Tsukuyomi was floored at this, and I admit to see this was a great personal satisfaction. Now no one spoke. There may have been smiles among the foxes like my own, but no one dared to speak when the Queen of Heaven spoke with the authority of a harsh summer sun. You are unfit to be here. With me. With our people. Sukuyomi no Mikoto, my divine consort, I henceforth cast you from the plain of Heaven. You will forever be banished from this place until evil rises from the pit and devours the material world around us wife. You stood. You stood tall and that silenced him. He stepped back and he bowed. Some have said in the many years since then, since the time I gained my last two as a kitsune and I've retired here to heaven, that Tsukuyomi wept in that moment. I was there, great Amaterasu, and so were you. You alone could see his face, fully see his face. You illuminate all things after all. But I did not hear him cry. I only heard the anger in his breathing. I have no husband. I have no consort. You will never speak down to me again, Sukuyomi. You are a pale reflection of the purity that we all are to embody. You will sail across the night, and you will attempt to copy me, but you will fail. Leave, Sukuyomi, and return only on pain of death. He stayed bowed for a moment longer, then rose and left as he was. No change of robes. One of Inari's servants gave him his sword and his bow, and as he was, Sukuyomi rode out. Silence fell on the hall for some time, but it was you who broke the silence. Great Inari, I cannot make up for the loss of your wife. I apologize. But I would ask you to stay, that we may discuss... Inari bowed and then spoke. We have nothing to discuss, great Amaterasu. I must return home, and I must reclaim all that my dear wife ruled over. The world below is in chaos. You can bring order to it, but in the meantime, my court must return and attempt to control the chaos as best we can. Chaos caused by Sukuyomi the moon, no doubt. I harbor no grudge, Amaterasu, but I have nothing more to discuss. I will leave dignitaries that will be an intermediary between the world below and here, that honest dealings will remain among us. By your leave, Empress of Heaven, I looked up, I admit. I think we all did. I wanted to see how you would react, and you did not disappoint. You faltered for a moment, showing your rage still, but then smiled. I grant you my leave and my respect. Send word and I will come to your domain myself, and I will sow the seeds of chaos's destruction. And now I rose, smiling in all five of their incarnations, And then turned, walking together. Prosperous Inari spoke to those of us who were to stay behind, giving his foxish grin as he did so. But it was Inari of the rice I kept my eyes on, her eyes full of tears. For hers was the work of cleaning up the world of rice and food. Agriculture was now her domain. She was to take over the memory of her cherished wife and rule in her stead. Grief is a hard thing, Amaterasu. A lesson you would soon learn as our next missive will show. But before I go, I have heard rumor. Rumors you should hear. There are times, whether day or night, when the moon and the sun meet. They say that a certain sun goddess meets her moon husband just briefly, and then they part. A curious thing, I think. But to others who read into it, I say, look elsewhere. The tale of Ukemochi is perhaps the one episode in common Japanese lore that features Sukuyomi in a prominent role. His actions, dishonorable as they were, lead to his banishment not just from heaven but from Shinto in general. He is still the Kami of the Moon and there are still shrines to him all over Japan, but he is more obscure than his two siblings. I suspect this myth, dating back to at least the 8th century, is an explanation as to why. Curiously, there are other moon gods and a thriving kingdom there. The tale of Princess Kaguya, made famous in English-speaking countries via the Isao Takahata magnum opus, seems to suggest this, unless one interprets her home as merely heaven. Tsukuyomi is notably absent from this kingdom of the moon, though, which begs the origins of that tale, which might best be preserved for a future return to Japan in the podcast. Inari is far and away one of my favorite Kami. More than even a she is innocuous in Japan, being the kami with the most shrines to her name, and indeed, having an entire style of shrine and architecture named for her. Inari shrines resemble older shrines of Ainu and Amishi make, suggesting that perhaps Inari predates the arrival of the Japanese people in Japan. Inari's multiple genders are the product of how gods change over time. Inari's feminine forms are more well-known abroad, but today, the male parts are just as important. During the Edo period, the smith god and success, fortune, and business sides of Inari came into prominence, more so during the Meiji and subsequent eras. She remains one of the most important kami given the role of corporations today. Who doesn't want a kami of success on their side? Thus, it's best to understand Inari as a conglomeration of kami, a kind of 5-in-1 or 3-in-1, each one distinct, each one the same. The foxes often show up beside all forms of Inari, making Kitsune unquestionably loyal to them. The mention of Tamamo no is a reference to my favorite figure in Japanese myth, whose name translated is Lady Duckweed. She is a Kitsune originally of China who destroyed no less than two Chinese dynasties pretending to be, or being, famous historical women. Those particular tales are manifestations of China's historical misogyny, and they carry over unquestionably into the Japanese versions. The Japanese versions also connect to an Indian dynasty and includes a story that previously did not feature a woman-slash-shape-shifting fox, and a kingdom did not fall in the story. The momono Mae deserves her own season, or perhaps novel, so I won't go into her too much here. Goddessy is written, researched, and produced by me, Greg Wright. Additional writing and editing by Sydney Yeager, as prosperous and glamorous as all the forms of Inari. Music by Scott Buckley, whose Creative Commons music can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au Goddessy is more than a podcast. You can find us on social media at The Goddessy Podcast, where we post fun tidbits of world mythology and just hilarity in general, regarding myth, history, and folklore. Whether you're looking to learn on a Mythology Monday, a Weird Wednesday, or a Folklore Thursday, Goddessy's daily posting has something for everyone. Really, at this point, just follow us there. It'll be fun, I promise. If you want to support the show, you can do so by subscribing to us on the podcast service of your choice and leaving a review. These reviews help others find our show and learn about all manner of world mythology. If you want to support us financially and receive benefits like early access episodes and occasional blog posts, and hopefully more soon, you can check us out on Patreon and Coffee. Both of those can be found in the episode notes, so look no further. see updates every Monday. See you next week.